Today on the Dirty Diggler podcast, we've got Tristan, the founder of Zeta Markets, a premier perp dex on the most loathed chain in crypto, Solana. He's cunning, he's rugged, he's Australian. Welcome, Tristan. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, I guess to get things started, why don't you tell the world what, uh, what they need to know about Tristan? Sure thing. Well, I'm the founder of Zeta Markets as... Dirt already mentioned, we're a kind of perps decks building on DeFi, more specifically on Solana, aiming to bring the kind of cutting edge experience to, to DeFi. We're used to so many of these DeFi systems where you have high fees, it's extremely slow and clunky, um, and we're trying to take you know, the, the normal Web2 experience that you love with trading applications like Robinhood and bring that to DeFi in that you're actually using cryptography and self-custodying your funds under the hood. So I've been building that for about two and a half years prior to that. I used to work in, I guess, more the traditional tech industry. I worked as a data scientist and machine learning engineer. So mm. background a lot in like generative AI and stuff like that, which is now the, the hot thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've just been building through the bear market. Uh, we've got a great team assembled. I'm very excited for what we're able to ship. Love it. So as a, as a dev and as a founder, why don't you tell me a little bit about the hardest part of steering that ship? That's a really good question. I think Time management has been a really tricky one for me recently. I think at heart, I love doing the technical stuff. And sometimes I find myself getting a bit deep in the rabbit hole of like trying to code. And then I kind of realize, hey, this is probably not the optimal use of my time. And this is, <laughs> this is where you need to learn to delegate, right? Like this is probably the biggest learning of first time founders and people doing more management roles is how to delegate effectively. You have all these people around you and your team who are kind of like, extensions of yourself hopefully that you know help mm. take work off the table and realistically i can't build the whole exchange myself you know i'm i'm an okay dev but i'm definitely not like some uh, some crack 10x dev that can, that can build a whole <laughs> exchange by themselves I'm, I'm not that smart um so it's really good being able to leverage other smart people who actually take work off your plate as opposed to putting more on but it's definitely hard to to zoom out to see the kind of business problem that you're trying to solve as well um, understanding are you solving a problem for customers or are you just chasing kind of like fun technical challenges which I think is like the engineer's wet dream to just like work on these like cool bespoke you know cryptographic systems but then are you actually building something that people care about are you making money at the end of the day you, you kind of have to be realistic and, and build a real business so yeah those are some of the tough ones finding the time to do everything relying on other people and actually communicating properly and getting people to, to actually do their work and ship a product as opposed to just trying to do it all yourself. And then, yeah, just trying to hit all the different points, the technical side, you know, solving for problems for customers, you know, growing the business, making money, all that kind of stuff, all factors into, mm. I guess, a successful business end of the day. In uh, a couple of years from now, what hat do you see yourself wearing? Continuing the founder moving steering or back to more focused on like product development coding? It's a really good question, I guess, still kind of debating in my mind. I mean, for now, I don't really have a choice, like kind of have mm -hmm. to do a bit of everything and, and mostly strategic stuff, um, even though I'm getting a bit of time to code here and there. I think realistically, if the company is going to be a success, uh, it doesn't make any sense for me to be like doing grunt work and coding small bits here and there, um, even though I'd like to. That's kind of what I keep my weekends to now is just doing the fun <laughs> stuff and like side projects and whatever, whenever I get the chance. Yeah, probably realistically, I think it's you have a bigger team under you. Someone has to steer the ship. Realistically, like I understand that me as a founder, I probably have 
the vision and the idea of what we want to build mm -hmm. in five years and maybe the the kind of junior engineer won't necessarily have the same stuff and so it's better that i kind of do that job managing people in the right direction but it will be a bit of a shame to <laughs> progressively do less coding but that's kind of life i get that it's kind of it's your baby and you want to see it through to the finish line not pass it off to a an adult in the room i don't We're know i feel memes. like it's you get these kind of like older people in to do management, professional management or something or other. And it's just been like a complete failure in a lot of startups. And especially yeah. I feel like crypto is just too raw and the thing moves too, too slowly. If you hire some dude from like some bigger tech company or something or other, I think they'd really struggle to get the nuances of how to run the business. A, a friend of mine and I were talking about the, the term adult in the room and it's just, it's thrown around too loosely. It like discredits young technical individuals as not adults in the room and that they see it the wrong way. So it's, I think it's a, it's a mimetic phrase and we'll move on from that. So there's a new movement going on in Solana, which has been popularized by Mac Brennan from MarginFi. And it's known as the shirtless leader movement. And the people want to know, they want to know when are they going to get their Tristan shirtless moment? Maybe at some time. When, when we hit like a billion dollars <laughs> volume, maybe we'll consider doing it. I need to work out a bit more. I've actually been... Negle neglecting the gym a little bit because I've been coding way too late. Like, it rolls around to like 8 or 10 p.m. and I'm like, shit, I haven't even had dinner and I haven't gone to the gym and it's just not a good pattern. But I think once, once I start to delegate more and hopefully we're, we're actually shipping, a lot of stuff has been shipped and I'm like less crazy, then I think we'll consider the, the shirtless podcast. Okay, okay. I'm going to do a shameless plug here. I front ran Mac in Australia on my doxing video and then the next day he posted a shirtless one. So I'm, I'm taking claim wow. to that. Trendsetter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, enough of that. Enough of that BS. Let's uh, let's do a Zeta intro, mm -hmm. and tell me what sets Zeta apart from its competitors. I guess there's a few competitors out there. We can kind of layer it into three different stratifications. One is obviously traditional finance. How are we better? Obviously, crypto markets are twenty four seven, raiming to get rid of all the middlemen that you'd see in these kind of traditional systems. You don't have to have you know, brokers or clearing houses or prime brokerages, stuff like that. We just kind of compress everything into the one stack. It's all run through code that runs on a blockchain. So it's extremely efficient. So you can trade on our thing. It's available 24 um, seven smart contracts always there. It's just like a much more elegant way, I think, to do finance than, than what we've had in traditional systems. So that's kind of at, at large for, for kind of DeFi. More specifically, there's like CFI and DeFi dynamics. People were like, why would we trade on Zeta when we've got, you know, FTX or something like that? And then soon after I got those comments, I think people got very humbled because they lost, you know, inordinate sums of money on these yeah. exchanges because it doesn't really gel with the real principles of crypto, which are like you self-custody your own funds. You're able to transact in like a permissionless way on an open ledger. They're just running basically an unregulated bank. They're like, you know, here, give me your money. Trust me, bro. I'm not gonna, you know, rug pull or take your money or do anything kind of criminal. And then reading all this Gary Wang testimony stuff, like that's basically exactly what they did. And got for up the, to a bunch for the of greater good. Shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think you're seeing a lot more kind of centralized exchanges explore the decentralized route. I think it will become probably maybe not the de facto way short term. You know, there's still quite a bit of pain to go through, but I think that's where things are trending. And I think. Even though probably the future, there will be centralized and decentralized exchanges. I think you'll see them at least more at parity, whereas now it's very skewed towards the Binance's of the world. And then within the DEX space, this is probably where it gets most interesting. There's quite a big design space. People go for different stuff. Obviously, AMMs were the big thing in DeFi. 
we kind of thought through that and there are a lot of drawbacks to AMMs, especially when you're working with high frequency kind of trading, especially where there's like leverage um, in the system. You wanna get the best prices, you wanna get the best fills. That's what traders care about. If you're using an AMM, uh, chances are you're probably getting adversely selected and you're getting bad prices. So we wanted to improve that. Orderbooks are the gold standard in traditional finance. Solana was the only place that we could kind of build a fully on-chain orderbook exchange. So that's where we built it. So far we've built something that's pretty impressive, you know, full limit order book on chain. You get quite good price discovery. You get extremely, you know, quick execution. Like to trade on our platform, it's 400 milliseconds or even less sometimes because we're using some kind of magic under the hood. And then otherwise the fees are basically negligible. You're paying like a thousand uh, of a dollar in gas fees and our trade, our exchange fees are pretty reasonable, I would say. And probably going to go even lower to be honest once we get a bit more traction so you know i think it comes with a you know pretty compelling argument there we've also spent a lot of time on our front end just making it very user-friendly we're fixing stuff in in the ux journey like how do you provision wallets for yourself how do you bridge in funds from from different chains uh we've done stuff like cross margin essentially so you can kind of manage everything from the one account you don't have to have all this fragmentation of liquidity we allow 20x leverage which i think is pretty impressive and that's something that we can up over time it's just like a risk parameter. So we're trying to really build out something that is the best in class perps experience and yet have it on chain where people can kind of see their funds and have it self custodied as well. Nice, solid answer. I like to hear you talk about, like when I initially asked the question, I was more focused around DeFi. And then you kind of brought up the stages like you've got traditional and then CFI and then DeFi. And it makes me think of like, you're thinking of, you're not just thinking of finding a piece of the pie, you're talking about like yep. growing the pie. And I, and I like yeah, that a right. lot. It's like a, it's a major, like, you know, if you're designing a thing, like why not build a centralized exchange at that point? You know, we were definitely tempted at, at some points because it's like, oh, DeFi is struggling. There's a lot of very hard problems that you got to go up against. Why not just put on an AWS box and call it a day? You know, our life mm -hmm. would be so much easier. But, you know, I don't think that's the way that I want to build the platform. I think it kind of makes a lot of big trade-offs that I don't think are worthwhile. Um, and so I think these all kind of lead into the decision of why we decided to do what we did. Yeah, and it, it and then it really boils down to that like OPOS, the only possible on Solana too, to hit that. Because I one one of my favorite quotes for you guys is that you're the fastest club based decks in crypto. Like that's yeah. that's 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 quite yeah, as the, far as far as I know. Statistic. I mean, someone someone tried to prove me wrong, but um, you know, you look at all these <laughs> other chains that are popping up. Not going to name names necessarily, but like people are all, all trying to build these like finance chains and. People are even trying to do clubs on other chains. I haven't looked into them super in depth, but from talking to most of them, everyone's usually like one or two seconds for finality at best. Mm. Some even pushing it down to like, I don't know, a couple of hundred milliseconds to be honest, but they're not even live or they don't have liquidity and stuff like that. But we're built on like a public L1 chain and we do 400 millisecond blocks of Solana. And yeah, it's just like a really incredibly fast trading experience. And we use I think some of these like, RPC tricks in the background. So you can actually get your, it's really cool. I, I made this change recently. They have this like geyser plugin on Solana. So you can actually hear when your trade gets confirmed before it's even included in like, before the block is even finished. So you can get Ooh. it within 400 milliseconds. So it's, Ooh. yeah, it's pretty crazy. So shout out to are we the gonna Triton see, oh, team. Oh, are we yeah. gonna see that as like an embedded feature? Like a, like a sound Correct. feature? If Ooh. you look at our order books right now, that's actually what we have live. So there was, a, there was a good tweet I posted where we just kind of did a bunch of trades, like really rapid trades on the order book. We just put up a, like a script to essentially just spam the order book. And you were getting like order book 
updates like literally just like several times a second which i'm like if you told me this was possible on a blockchain i would tell you you're crazy i just thought of a really fun idea we could yeah. do like a create like a, a zeta theme song but like the sound is based on like order book entry do <laughs> like a classical like beethoven that's or something good. yeah yeah that's good <laughs> We should do something fun like that, like the different order levels, the different like pitches or something. Yeah, I like That's it. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, so you guys are, you're continuing to ship product. Uh, you just talked to me about a few of the updates that you got coming. Um, I want to kind of know, like, what is your favorite of the new things that you're releasing? Whether it's part of the UI UX, whether it's the analytics, whether it's the newly added advanced trades, like what gets you the most excited? Ooh. Really good question because we've been shipping a ton of stuff recently. Yeah, so yeah. think yeah. about it. So we came out with our V2 as your, um, we had V1 around for a while, but it started to get, I think, fall behind the competition a bit and I was not too stoked with it. So we kind of, we took a long, hard look at it and we're like, okay, not too happy with this product. Let's just rewrite the whole thing. So we changed a lot of our backend. We kind of, we used to do options. We kind of modified a lot of perps, cleaned things up, made our order book faster. And then on the front end, complete rewrite from scratch. Our front end used to be, so laggy all the kind of react stuff that we had in there would just like hang up it would pull too much data so if you're on like a shitty internet subscription it would just barely load now it's like really efficient we we redid all the design stuff we hired like a fantastic designer shout out mm -hmm. to him and he's just kind of redone our ui it's like way sexier all the mm -hmm. interactions are like really quick and clean we don't have the bugginess that we used to have so i've actually just loved trading on it I think it was a thing that like we didn't dog food as much internally because I think people were not that excited to trade on it. And now that we've changed it, like most people on our team are just trading on it a bunch. So that's that's always a good sign. In terms of some of the features, a big one for me was like the stop loss and take profit stuff. Everyone was uh, wanting that. That was a highly requested feature and it's, it's something that I've started using. Yeah, you wanted it, exactly. <laughs> that, one's, that one's quite good. I'm quite excited by that one. Uh, another one that's actually coming out in a few days is we're like overhauling all our charting. So when you place trades, essentially they're gonna show up on your chart of your entry points, as well as when you have your like stop loss and take profit, you'll see them as kind of a uh, vertical lines, I guess on your charts, you can know when you're kind of gonna get stopped out or take profit. Oh Stuff that I think is like, yeah, awesome like pro trading tools. It, um, it really is. And like, it's one of the things you see on like when I'm trading on a lot of centralized exchanges, the ability to see, you know, your levels on the chart without having to look just down where your orders are is it's, yep. it's quintessential. And it's then like, nice. is that the basis is because I would love to see the ability to like adjust them on chart. Is that, is that yes. a lot more of like a, a technical ask? Is that, is that a lot bigger to code in? So we're adding that actually, you can actually place orders from the chart. If you click on certain like parts of the chart, it will just kind of place a limit order for you there. So you don't even have to use the order panel or whatever you can just trade from the chart you know we'll probably add in the trading view tooling as well so i think that will be like a really cool experience that's awesome and then so you've got the machine learning background so soon i'll be able to say uh place limit order at 23 dollars solana filled yeah that'll, that'll <laughs> hopefully be on the road maybe maybe not yet but uh, at some point um okay that's awesome it's, it's i wanted to ask like where do you see Zeta in the next year? Like, you're, you're, I'm already seeing the UX and it's literally looking in front of me. But I wanna know like, is your focus gonna be, is it gonna be adding more pairs? Is it trying to bring on more liquidity? It, like, where do you see it in a year? And maybe is a year too short and you're looking even further out? 
It's a, it's, a, it's a huge open-ended question, but maybe just give me an idea of like where your head's at for where you want to see it go. Yeah, I'm super excited for what's going to come. I think we're starting to get a lot of this kind of UX stuff. It, it should be mostly done within like the next month or two. Like there's still a lot of these small little things, you know, that we want to iron out that just make it more pleasurable. I'm not so excited about that. I think that's just table stakes for like a good exchange. Stuff mm -hmm. that I'm excited about is we're considering a mobile app. Uh, as you've seen, like FriendTech do this like PWA stuff. We've been looking into that. So we could have, instead of getting like specialist, uh, what do you call it? Like mobile programming like, knowledge. Like a, like a can, license? Uh, not even. Like we can do it in a way that I think we can build our web app and then also have it as a mobile app. The way that FriendTech mm. works is you can just kind of download it from the browser essentially and have it as an app that's just on your like iPhone home screen then you don't have to go through I guess like Apple store and Google store and worry about all the the BS there and mm -hmm. given that you know mm -hmm. I've played around with some of these like fintech apps like Robinhood I think if you can build a really killer mobile app I think that just opens up the doors of accessibility um, to all these kind of users out there I've also been talking I think like a lot of the UX on mobile is going to get a lot better too Solana's obviously got the mobile stack you know, I've got like a, a saga here, actually. So, you know, potentially we can do a bit of debbing on, on this bad boy. And then I got, I got mine to, within arms. <laughs> I've been talking to Jordan from Solana Labs, and he's actually building some really sick uh, kind of wallet mm. infrastructure, essentially, that will abstract away a lot of the, the crap that people have to deal with in the wallet space right now. So I'm incredibly excited for those things. I think accessibility, mobile stuff, really making it nice. And probably go more ahead, on the desktop, ahead. on the exchange side. I've been talking with my CTO a bunch on this, but we're starting to build our V3 and I'm super, super stoked for that. It's going to be so much better than what we currently have, I think, um, in terms of performance. Like, I don't want to like hype it up too much, but I, th I think in the current design that we're thinking about, we can make it like Binance level fast while still being like self-custody and bringing all the kind of benefits of Solana. So, wow. you know, if we can nail that, I think this will be like something that really stands apart from the competition well and truly. Damn, before I get into that, I want to back up to the mobile. I think like using the Saga and I ha like it's, it's, it's limited in function to a bit, but being able to have your ledger built in and being able to access it with your finger makes that experience so much better because when you're placing trades on the, on the web app, on your computer, it, the, plugging the ledger in, putting your pin in, accepting it every single time, like it's, it's, a, yep. it's a hindrance. To a, to a certain degree that sometimes I just do trading accounts on them without the ledger because it's just faster. But then, you know, yep. you're at risk and so the size is smaller. And being able to walk around with it and then be able to open the Zeta app on your phone, place a trade, and then use your finger to seal the deal and knowing it's safe within a ledger, like, that's... That's great. That's the yeah, cat's the pajamas. That's actually, yeah. yeah. I think Jordan's going to have that in his kind of wallet stuff. You Even on your laptop, if it has, like, finger, fingerprint authentication, I think you should be able to use that as kind of, like, the pass key. But, yeah. Totally agree. I trade on our exchange and then having to like punch in my password on like whatever wallet I have is quite painful. Thankfully, Soulflare, I don't know if you know, Soulflare supports auto-approve now on Zeta, which is really cool. So if you go on there and use a Soulflare hot wallet, you can basically place trades just by clicking. You don't even have to see the modal pop up. And we've been working with the Phantom team as well to figure out uh, auto-approve on their end. So soon Phanta. Phantom hopefully should be able to support kind of click trading natively on our nice. uh, app as well. And then I guess just backpack next, the trifecta. Yeah, that's right. And backpacks are they're adding it. So it's, uh, it's ah, coming. Very good. Yeah, V3, like I'm, I'm stoked to hear you guys talking about V3 already. And even though like V2 just continues to improve literally weekly and this week included, 
So it's, it's, it's very exciting. Yeah. Are you? So you guys won the hackathon back in 2021. And originally you guys were an options decks. Do you plan to embed it in the future? Is that something we'd rather not discuss? Talk to me. It's a good question. We've had a lot of demand, obviously, given that was our bread and butter back in the day. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we moved to perps because it's just like a strictly easier product to build. And I think we can execute on the vision a lot better, just going with something that's a bit simpler. That was probably the biggest learning of being a founder and building a product is don't try and do the world's most complicated thing off the bat. Um, <laughs> so now that we've like kind of taken a step back and like, you know, even though it probably did waste a bit of time, we had some good learnings and we kind of understand how that works. So we obviously have fair bit of familiarity now having been around the block with options and run an options exchange for a year. So it's, it's definitely something I'd love to, to add back. There was a lot of interest for it, but only from like a small you know, hand of, I guess, really professional, sophisticated traders. So that was the unfortunate like product market fit question was I think for casual retail users, even derivatives are a bit high up there for them. You know, some people don't even feel confident trading perps, which arguably I think are like pretty straightforward, but options you're getting into like Greek letters and nonlinear convexities. And, you know, it's very hard to hedge and, you know, you can, you can easily, I guess, either make a lot or lose a lot of money. So it's, it's it does carry inherent risk. But I think it is a very interesting strategy. I think probably over the next couple of years, we will see a lot more kind of uh, retail options demand. It's already happening in traditional markets with platforms like Robinhood. I think a lot of these zero day, uh, zero DTE expiry options are actually like 50% of some of traditional markets, which is pretty insane that people are just punting these short expiry options. Um, yeah, it's something we're keen to add back. I think it's possible in V2, but like I'm a bit scared with the uh, like margin system. If you look at other exchanges like Deribit, I think they've actually like blown up their risk system and they're fully centralized and even they couldn't fully figure it out, I guess, or mm -hmm. they had some kind of issues. So once we do this V3, I think we'll get like a massive speed up in terms of our exchange performance, plus how we do our margin systems. And I'm much more confident that we can build like a successful options exchange there. But I think we need to build up to that. Still trying to nail the perp stuff, still have like a lot of users to bring on and a lot of things to perfect in, the, in terms of the core trading experience. And then who knows, options back, you know, maybe spot or something like that. We could also do, you know, it's fair game, I think. Yeah, I like it. No point taking it off the table. You guys obviously have a history in it, but perfect perps first. Correct. Okay. Your, uh, your last statement there about the liquidity kind of leads into my, my next one. And it's bear markets are tough. It's tough for liquidity. It's tough for users. But the overall TAM prospect for Solana is really good and it seems to be improving weekly. You know, as a founder building in the space, like, do you spend a lot of time thinking about how to approach this? Or is it more along the lines of just produce a good product and the users come to you? I guess we're trying to do this kind of product-led growth, product-led marketing, I guess, where we can be pretty light on the, you know, we don't do any kind of like, shiller marketing and you know maybe we'll work with influencers kind of soon enough but it's mostly been organic growth we just want to build a really good product and have people love it and i guess word of mouth spread it out there so we've been focused on that like i don't want to go out there build a crappy product and then just like pay for ads and expect people to use it like that's not really what i'm here for but i think if you build something really good something that's sharp that people like it almost sells itself which is what i'm kind of keen for is like a lean sales marketing team let the product do the work um but it's definitely something that's on my mind. Like this is the hardest thing in the bear market is just getting users because that obviously impacts our bottom line and it, you know, it helps grow us as a platform. Uh, and I would say throughout the bear market, there were a lot of 
just general haters of DeFi, especially Solana, I think got a really bad rap because of the whole FTX association and the fallout from that. So, you know, you obviously saw TVL absolutely crater once like, uh, what do you call it? Alameda went under, they, you know, rugged yeah. a lot of TVL from the ecosystem. A lot of people you talk to professional traders, they're like, oh, I don't trust the Solana network. It's down all the time, or who knows if my funds are safe, um, which I think is not really true given that it's been up every second for the last six months. Mm. But I think mm -hmm. once this FUD narrative dissipates, people will get more interest. We're already seeing our kind of user numbers kind of start to creep up. I think we've kind of bottomed out in terms of, I think we hit absolute lows on exchange volumes, like globally across not just us, but you know, DYDX and all these other DeFi platforms like a couple of weeks ago, I think during token 2049, it was super low and everyone was like super bearish. Um, but I think, you know, things are gonna trend back up in the right direction. There's nothing I can do. I've just identified it as a somewhat exogenous variable that like there is a limited market size at where we're at in the moment. Do I believe it's gonna grow and we can kind of bring more people into crypto and the pie will grow? Yes, I believe that. I think it's just we're in a tough spot in the market. What can I do about it? Can I change everyone's minds? Maybe to a degree I can like get people more excited about DeFi, but I'm not gonna create this paradigm shift mm -hmm. necessarily. I think, I think I you, give, you can afford to give yourself a little more credit. Yeah, the stance maybe, maybe. that you're not doing anything, super not true. You're you're kind of you're, yeah, yeah. you're building with this part of this new Solana DeFi, and yeah. it seems more and more the community is rallying around its founders, and so you're doing your part. You're building yeah, yeah. a sick product that people want to come and use. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at. Like, I can't I can't necessarily bring in like a million people tomorrow, but what I can do is build this product to the best degree. Yes. And when people feel like investing in crypto again, and they're really excited for the exchanges and the products that are coming out, then you know we'll be there ready for them. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, I guess there, there is, a, and there's sort of one exciting thing on the roadmap, which I've just read about, is this Z-score. So talk to me a little bit about the Z-score. Sounds good. So this kind of links to your last question, I guess, which is how do we mm. think about getting more users into the funnel? Yeah, we want to reward people in a big way that use our platform. So we've come up with this concept of a, a Z-score. It's going to be tied to your trading activity. And you know how you're used to like the, what is it? The DGEN score on Ethereum, which is like, you know, what kind of DeFi platforms you use? How DGEN are you? We want this to be our kind of version of that for Zeta. Mm. How much you kind of trading, how profitable is your trading, you know, all based on different you know, uh, aspects of your kind of trading behavior. We calculate, we have an algorithm that, you know, calculates the score essentially. Uh, and then we'll have like a leaderboard aspect. People who are top of the Z-score leaderboard, you know, will definitely be incentivized at some point in the future with some juicy rewards. So that's kind of like a good uh, carrot on the stick to get people trading. And we can kind of highlight, I guess, the people who are the power users of the platform. And then at some point we're, we're looking to give them like a healthy reward. So that's something for them to look forward to. Nice. Yeah, I love it. Okay, uh, is there anything that you'd like to add before we wrap it up? Anything that people need to know, where they can find you, that good stuff. I guess where they can find me, I'm tr at Tristan0x on Twitter. Always feel free to DM me if you have feedback on the product and want things built. I think we're in a pretty good state now that we talk to a lot of customers and we try and triage that feedback and act on it as soon as we can, you know, put in the roadmap. As you've probably known, we, we have this Telegram channel as well. So always happy to like add people in there and have some good public discourse. That's it's like really good to get involved with the team there. Um, otherwise, we've got Breakpoint coming up. We have events. So, you know, if people are interested in that or want to come and meet up at Breakpoint, grab a coffee, always more than happy to. I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of the Anons and new people in the Solana ecosystem and kind of 
getting them excited for what's to come in the next couple of years of Solana. Awesome. I will see you there, sir. Perfect. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. In closing, the one thing I like to ask my guests is uh, what's the one thing that keeps you sane? What's your crutch? Is it wearing budgie smugglers in the mirror? Is it wrestling kangaroos? What gets you going? What keeps you going? I think I'm just really passionate about what we can build and the kind of opportunity out there. I'm also just a nerd at heart, so I really enjoy building you know, these fast systems. It's, it's kind of like a weird thing for me. I just like making things go faster and I feel like Solana is the good place to do that. Otherwise, what keeps me sane? I don't know, just having like a good team, having users who love using the product or people who are like really bullish on crypto technology makes you think, hey, people actually want to see this built. You know, there's actually a reason to what we're building instead of, you know, if it's completely desolate, I think you kind of lose motivation pretty quickly. And otherwise just been trying to keep myself sane, relatively healthy. I've been fixing my sleep <laughs> schedule. That was something that was like nice. horrendous last year. And now I feel like I can think a lot clearer and I'm a lot more like on the ball. So, you know, it's been good. And I think there's a lot of work ahead, but I'm pretty excited. And I think we have the team to, to build it. I think the narrative's kind of shifting. People are excited again. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty excited for what's coming this year. That's awesome. You're the, you're the Ricky Bobby of the crypto world. You just want to go fast. That's right, that's right. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot for coming on today. I appreciate your time, sir. Yeah, not at all. Always a pleasure.